This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Last time on Dragon Ball Z, Goku (laughs) ate a big sandwich. This, of course, killed Krillin. (laughs) Oh, I, I must have missed that episode. That was a really good one. Cell learns how to grill. <laughs> the perfect glizzy. I've grilled it, finally. I've achieved perfection. Will JJP be able to, you know, tell what to to that bitch Debbie from the fucking PTA? Find out this time on Dragon Ball Z. So where do you stand on the whole hot dog sandwich debacle? I, I, it doesn't matter. Shut up, just eat the food. I'm just I'm just of the persuasion that it's literally like meat and bread and like condiments. It's a sandwich, you know? I look, I just it, it's like biology, right? Every aspect of every animal that you can think of actually breaks down when you like actually examine it. Right? And all methods of categorization do have a level of arbitration to them. Right? Mm-hmm. So it truly truly does not matter that i i like your philosophy on it yeah i do that's that's a very good way to put it because like at the end of the day it's all going to be in your stomach anyway it's all going to get shit out anyway it's all going to be like one brown slop yeah no matter what it is you know it's all hamburger helper in the end yeah exactly that brings us to our our next topic here we have our we have our story squires stories here written out ready to go that we just come out um I think it went well. I, uh, I, I've test read it to an, to a group of my friends and they ah. found it very, very funny, which, you know, nice. really helps the good old ego. Um, right. That, that definitely helps. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I, I like to think my, of myself as a funny person. So. You know, it was the jokes came pretty easy. What didn't come easy was just like actually putting it down into paper, digital. Yeah, I mean, like word document. Have you have you ever written anything of the of of a similar style like previously, or is this like your first real foray? Um, I've done some like Reddit posts on the fantasy fiction subreddit. Um, back when that existed, right? I did a fantasy fiction subreddit. Um, submissions a couple of times, did one for the fan one that came out after the, that podcast ended. Um, and, and they were all right, you know, um, I think I've definitely improved since then. Uh, definitely, definitely with any skill doing it for a while, you will just naturally improve as long as you stick to it. Yeah. Also just, I'm, I'm funnier, you know? Yeah. That definitely helps, like, consuming media and then just being able to replicate it yeah. in a way. Like, hey, how can I put my own spin on this little little, little thing? Yeah, it's... So, yeah, so I, your your story, it came in rather late to the... Like, you just, just barely uh, squeaked by the deadline. I can't not do that. <laughs> Teach me. I wrote my story. I mean, it helped that I already had a work in progress that I had just had sitting in my Google Drive for months and months. Uh-huh. 
And this was the perfect opportunity to shoehorn a princess and a disaster into it. Oh, dude, I had to... Or it already had a disaster to start with, so all I had to do was shoehorn a princess in. Yeah, no, I, um... I had to shoehorn in the disaster, and I don't think it quite worked. Um, but I just... That's the funny part. Yeah, I just wanted to make a princess character. Yeah. There's a lot that you can do, right? Uh, I think it is... I say, oh, I think it's, like, an untapped thing. Because, like, um, like, the Disney princesses, right? Mm-hmm. Sure, they they lead their movies, they do things. A lot of them just kind of end up still being, like, regular princesses at the end, though. Or, like... Yeah, like, like at the end of the story, like, the crown falls on her head, like, the, the, there's a cheering yeah. populace of peasants standing there. It's, like, it's all ends, like, the- it's all cookie cutter. Like, the whole journey, the whole interesting part of the character is removed by the end, and she's just a normal-ass princess. Right. Is, is the gist of most of them. I'm sure there's a few exceptions to that rule. Yeah, and, like, the material conditions of Agrabah and Aladdin have not changed. Like, it's the same country, it's just... Yeah, it's still... <laughs> you know? There's still fucking starvation issues, and, like, you think the, that you know, experience that she had in the market would have changed that somehow, you know? Right. Or the fact that she married a guy who was, like, of the poorer class. You think, like, he would have something to say about... Yeah! Aladdin's a fucking class traitor! Yeah. Now that he's all rich and shit, and he's just, like, in the princess's pants, like, he doesn't give a fuck about his, like, his, like, friends that are fellow street rats or whatever. Oh, I'm sorry to <laughs> random kids that that had that, like, giant pot, you know, that I gave the bread to. Starved to death, I guess. I yeah, got, fuck you. I got my monkey and enough water to piss clear for the rest of my life. So how do you want to decide who goes first here? I have a coin here. I'm ready to flip it if you want to do that. Sure, I'll go heads. All right, heads you say. Let's flip this bad boy. All right, it landed heads, so... All right, so I guess I go first. The floor is yours. My story is called Princess to Impress, a story of princesses (laughs) and disasters by Ace D. Wizard. I li- what's the D stand for? Um, so people kept thinking that the Ace was a One Piece reference, but it wasn't, right? Mm. Um, but then I watched One Piece, and it turned out to be really fucking good, actually. Um, so now it is a One Piece reference? So the D is a One Piece reference. It's a reference to the will of D, which is just like, yeah, if someone has the middle name D, they're, they, like the remover and shaker in the world. And I think that changing your name... I think that making your own name and just fucking yoinking that shit for yourself is the most One Piece thing of all. Alright, I like that. And the wizard is because I like wizards. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah, exactly. My my fucking middle initial RR, you think that's real? I... (laughs) My middle name's fucking Anthony. Like, I don't have an R in my name. (laughs) Oh, Santa isn't real? (laughs) (laughs) Christmas spoilers. Yeah. Sorry, because I I was like, oh man, your your middle name's RR, you know, just like JK and George. So <laughs> that's just the um, that's just the fantasy novelist name. No, George R R Martin, his middle name isn't RR either. He stole that shit too. I was like, I figured, all right, it worked good. For, it worked for him. I might as well. Let's see what happens. Here. God damn! <laughs> all right.
Yeah, so everyone lies about their names. It's fine. It's great. Who yeah, cares? of course. <clears throat> Anyways, princess to impress by a sea wizard. Stop being a coward and fight me. Your princess demands it. The words felt like venom in Jazz's throat. She loathed commanding people. Milady, the old man at arms, Captain Gerald Wolfsbane, sighed, being used to this conversation. He diligently began picking up the pieces of the scattered fantasy chessboard. Where warfare lessons are for learning how to wage war, not participate in it. You've already done your self-defense lessons, lessons, quite deftly, I might add. Jazz tutted and crossed her arms. They taught me one elf doe throw and how to scream really loudly without overburdening my royal constitution. It's fucking horse honk, dude. <laughs> Language, my lady. And thus their waltz continued into the next step. I'll language you. Jazz grumbled, reaching for the rapier she wore at her side. An ornamental piece of garbage with a gem-encrusted hilt. It was pretty, and that was about it. It would be a pretty good metaphor to get into if Jazz wasn't about to jump this man. <laughs> Raise thy sword in pride, you geriatric motherfucker. The... Let's call it a surprise duel. Uh, was interrupted by one of the maids making herself known with a small polite knock on the doorframe. Princess Jazreel, your presence is requested in the throne room. Jazreel? Do... Yeah, Jazreel. <laughs> it's like a cross between Ariel and Jasmine. Um, actually, I like I, <laughs> well, actually, I was going for like an archangel thing. Oh. Uh, so it was like Gabriel Belial. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Very fucking hoity-toity, um... Anyways. <laughs> Please do make haste, as the king and queen are very busy today. The maid gave a very polite curtsy and scampered off to attend to her maidly duties. Busy doing what? Near as she could tell, a king's job was to sit on a dumb chair all day and eat mutton while ignoring the issues of your constituents. And a queen's job was just to be married to that guy? It wasn't a real job, like fisherman or bar maid or fucking basically anything that wasn't landlord. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Let's make this quick. She had better things to do today, like stabbing her bodyguard. Jess made her way to the throne room. She probably would have made it there quicker if she gave a shit, but she was trying to avoid the inevitable. Talking to her parents was always a chore. Although she wasn't sure if that was a metaphor that actually tracked, whenever she tried to help the maids or the cooks, would always she would always get shooed away. And she was getting steamed just thinking about it. She needed to calm down. Dad, and especially Mom, could really ruin her mood. And if she was to survive this conversation, she would need to be in the emotional tops. She took out her journeyman and put it put in her freshly grown ear spuds. And put it on shuffle. Your spuds, so it's like a potato that they yeah, put in your ear, and yeah, it's, it's like, like music. A, yeah, it's like a magical plant thing. Oh, so it's like your take on the on the all sea ball kind of. Uh, a little bit. I <laughs> your spuds. I, I, it's fucking brilliant. Yeah, I don't really do all sea everything. I I like having different names for different. Yeah, stuff. you got your own little little flavor to it. I have magic rectangle as mine. Yeah, yeah. where it's just a fucking rectangle is magic. I don't know. <laughs> Okay, yeah. And then uh, Journeyman is a Walkman. I l oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. That is fucking wonderful. Yeah. Uh, and put it on shuffle. 
Younglings by My Alchemical Romance came on. <laughs> Alchemical. <laughs> Bitchin'. Oh shit, and She's a Freedom Fighter by Green Morrow was up next. Double bitching. Bitchin', hell yeah. <laughs> Jazriel! Queen Donriel shouted. Jazz was in the middle of air drumming the chorus to You're Gonna Go Far, Squire by the Progeny. <laughs> Jazz eventually saw her mother's scowling countenance and took out her earphones. Oh, my... She cleared her throat, shifting into princess mode and adjusting her postures. My apologies, mother. The queen of Gemcrest held her icy stare for another moment before relenting. This was a misstep in their particular waltz, one that Jazz was hoping she wouldn't pay too severely for. As I was trying to say, your father and I are aware that your 16th birthday is approaching. How oh, good, you noticed, Jazz thought to herself sarcastically. She was really banking on that day passing by without much affair. Clearly, she wasn't going to be getting off that easily. It is, Mother. I'm ever so excited. Uh, Jazz hitched her voice up an octave and clasped her hands together, even throwing throwing in a fluttering of eyelashes. Princess mode was going perfectly. Oh, she's good at masking her true intentions then, it seems. Let's let's keep reading. Oh, my, yes. <laughs> uh, indeed. So your father and I were inquiring as to what manners of gifts you, would, you were hoping to receive. Oh, yeah, cool. Abdicate the throne to me so I can dissolve the monarchy and become an adventurer. Yeah, princess mode never lasted very long. <laughs> the king of Gemcrest, who was also there, spat out some giant turkey leg and stuttered like some kind of muppet, probably Sam the Eagle. After finishing going, <laughs> he cleared his throat and popped his monocle back in its place. Wait, so this guy, just he's just eating a turkey leg at all times. He just doesn't talk either. He's just like... <laughs> Yeah, that's the job of a king. Uh. <laughs> you know, mares actually do something when you when you put your uh, crops into the shipping bin. They ship it out. That that's a mare's job. Yeah, the king just kind of <laughs> literally just sits there and accumulate, like just enjoys the wealth of everyone for for no real reason. Yeah, exactly. What a fucking what a job. That's my dream job right there, honestly. Oh yeah, right. To just have a giant money vault and whatever. Who cares? Like fucking Scrooge McDuck style, dive into a into a pot of gold coins head first. Yeah. Like you would not survive that. Like you would just fucking land no, on it. Would it break all your bones. <laughs> I just bought a giant room full of gold coins and I'm gonna dive into it like Scrooge McDuck. Ah! It's not a liquid. It's a great many pieces of solid matter that form a hard floor-like surface! Ah! Dear, he said in a, a slow, fatherly voice, we were thinking about something along the lines of a pony. I already have a pony. It's true, the princess did have a pony. Her name was Crystal Dreams, and she often had her own set of adventures about teaching the other animals in the royal stables about friendship and how to get along with each other. She and Jazz never really vibed, though. It's not like they hated each other, it's just more like they had a co-worker-esque relationship. Point being, you weren't exactly gonna make a horse-girl play about these two. And she's fine, 
bit timid for taking into battle or hoofing it across Jatzel. The queen tutted, as she often did when Jazz spoke of her ambitions. She rolled her eyes and started fanning herself, and Jazz could feel herself about to lose her shit. I just love how there's a fucking, like, a My Little Pony ass, like, side, like, these adventures going off on the side, like, the, it's not even relevant to the story. No. <laughs> you know, but friendship is magic. I mean, that's like, that's a, that's a potential for a, for a, what's it called? A spinoff right there. Yeah, yeah, no, a lot of di- backdoor pilots here. <laughs> no, Jazreel, why would you want to be an adventurer? The life is for lowly commoners. Jazz could feel, could taste the cold, coppery scorn of the word commoners. Honestly, why would you even need anything for your birthday? Everything is already provided for you here, in the castle. Your every possible whim could be satisfied. Alright, fuck this. If she wanted blood, Jazz was ready to make the throne room look like goddamn Kill Bill, one of her favorite plays. <laughs> play. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a play, shut up. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course, of course. What about everyone else? Jazz thinks about to when she first snuck out of the palace about a year ago. She saw how some poor, how poor some people were, and it broke her heart. Poor orphaned children being chased all over the city for a slice of bread. Seriously, like seven or eight paladins got involved with that kid. Granted, her interaction with him ended up, ended up with him pulling a dagger on her and taking a ruby necklace from her, but he could have easily used the money more than her, so it was fine, really. The average gem crustacean is living payday to payday. Meanwhile, we have three banquet halls and a room specifically for throwing up in when you eat too much. It's abhorrent. (laughs) Vomitoriums are real, by the way. That's wild. That's a real thing? That's a real thing. I think that's, like, Victorian times, but, like, yeah, or, no, it may have been, like, Roman times, but... Fucking let-them-eat-cake-ass shit right there. Yeah, yeah, like, that's Like, they got no idea how fucking rough their people even got it, and they're just throwing up all this food. Yeah. That's fucking sad, and that's real, too. Like, this is real fucking grit fantasy right here. Yeah, absolutely. It's got a Walkman and everything. Yeah, exactly. Please, our family has ruled over this kingdom for generations. The queen flicked her wrist in a dismissive motion. Mom, you have to know that the kingdom was built on stolen dwarven lands. Our ancestors participated in a genocide, so you could sit on that ridiculous throne all day and think you're the center of the planar cosmic, which I spelled weird because it's fantasy. <laughs> Uh, I spelled it like cogs, like a clockwork thing. Oh, I like that. I like that that wordplay you got there. Yeah. Queen Donriel let out a hearty noblewoman's laugh. You know, the ones from anime? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Child, do you believe yourself so woke that you're immune to sleep effects? What are your tutors teaching you? No, Mom, this isn't something that I learned from a book. This is true. Jazz had tried to read some of Carl's Marksley, the economic theorist and basketball player. What? She... <laughs> he also plays basketball. <laughs> she found a lot of the concepts within very petty and dry. Plus, she never played basketball, so many of wage, labors, slams, and jams 
powered forward into class consciousnesses. Metaphors were lost on her. <laughs> Slams and jams. And... <laughs> oh my god. I, I genuinely don't know how to impress upon you that you should be nice to people, and that if there are starving people, that is a failure of the state, which we are. Please, if the poors didn't want to be poor, why don't they just buy more money? <laughs> That's it. I'm walking out of here. Give me whatever you want for my birthday. I don't give a shit. Jazz started to storm off to our room, bringing the waltz to its finale. We might not get you anything with that poor attitude, Missy. I already said I don't give a shit. She stomped off. The effect of which was slightly diminished by her kitten heel shoes not really producing the thundering sound that was in her yeah, heart. Yeah, it's like, it's like that high heel, like, y- yeah, like it's that like click. A clack. Yeah, Yeah. This conversation isn't over, Jezreel, her mother yelled into the echoing hallways. Her yells were falling onto deaf ears, however, just like they were for the past decade and a half. As far as Jazz was concerned, this conversation was over. It was so fucking over it never even started. This palace would never understand her. She was a stranger in a strange land, and there was no use trying to assimilate. She had to get out of here. And so, the princess slammed the door to her room, and upon realizing that Wolfsbane was still there, just like, chilling like a weirdo, she pointed to the door. Get the fuck out! I want to be alone! Language, my lady. Gerald bowed and took his leave. Finally. Jazz threw open the doors to her walk-in closet, slammed down one of the those those like one-step step ladders, and reached for the top back corner. There, there it was in a small, nondescript pine box with a simple lock, and inside that box was the key to everything: her sneaking cloak, a dark clean, a dark green cloak with a hood on it, perfect for hiding her identity. The green ninja. This is eh, a fucking <laughs> the Lego fucking cartoon. Yeah, it's just one of those things where you just, you know, put over the hood over your head and no one recognizes you. Oh, a cloak. Okay. <laughs> I yeah. was thinking like a full, like, fucking ninja outfit. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, this is just the cloak. Right. When the prompt is ninjas, though, it would have been. <laughs> I see her as more of, like, a swashbuckler. Uh, yeah. You know, I totally get that vibe. Like, she swears like a sailor, too. Yeah. Uh... She had commissioned the royal seamstress to make it under the guise of peasant cosplay, whatever that meant. Peasant <laughs> cosplay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. Do you uh, think, like, back in the day they used to do that at all? Uh, like, the, the, the noblemen's would just, like, had, they would just have, like, on Sunday, on Moonsday Eve, they would just fucking just dress up, pretend to be poor? I believe the let them eat cake lady, um, Marie Antoinette. Yeah. Uh, I believe she had, like, a whole, like, play town built. A play town? Yeah, just to, like... Like, in her, in her house? Like, on her estate to just, like, oh, I'm gonna pretend to go to the markets. Wow. Yeah, no, uh... The... I'm glad her fucking head got chopped off. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, man, they did it right back then. That's how they, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's how you gotta do it. Definitely. Imagine we have a fucking guillotine in, in D.C. right now. 
fucking heads would roll, literally. Well, yeah, it's like when a politician goes over to a, like a construction yard, puts on a hard head, and points at some blueprints for a photo op. Like, you're not doing anything. Exactly. If anything, you're getting in everyone's way who's actually doing the job. This and a set of old leathers would be her disguise. She hadn't worn this outfit since that last excursion. In truth, it made her a little nervous, but she had to get out of this house. There would simply be no stopping her. She opened her window and stopped. She couldn't just bolt in the middle of the day. <laughs> she cannot be stopped. Next sentence. Oh, she stopped. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> she couldn't be stopped externally. Right. You know? Uh, she couldn't just bolt in the middle of the day. For one, escaping your captors is more of an evening activity. It wasn't hashtag aesthetic. Additionally, like it or not, she had a responsibility to the kingdom and its people. She couldn't just leave. But what if she didn't? And what if she fanned the fanes of revolution and disguised it as a regular outsting of the ruling class? Oh ho ho, delightfully devilish, Jazz. <laughs> Aurora Borealis! At this time of year, at this time of day, in this part of the country, localized entirely within your kitchen. Yes. May I see it? No. The sun began its descent, and Jazz quickly made her way into the pub in the downtown area. The raised flagon. It was an old, run-down building. Rustic, if you want to be nice about it. Which I don't. Their chi chicken fingers are awful. One star. <laughs> Jazz dramatically threw open the doors to the tavern and got whatever the platonic opposite of the norm greeting from Cheers is, which I think oh, is the guy from SpongeBob going, Oh, brother, this guy stinks! <laughs> it's the polar, it's the exact opposite. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Jazz was not putting her best foot forward. Hey, buddy, the barkeep interjected. You gonna order something or just stand at the entrance like a moron? Jazz coughed awkwardly and took a seat at the bar. So, uh, what will it be? Um, one mead, please? Jazz took her voice down an octave and applied a little gravel to it, so as to not let on that she was of a royal birth. You gonna fucking mention a brand or something? I, I got multiple Bruce on tap here, buddy. It's like walking into a fucking restaurant and ordering one food, please. Use a fucking <laughs> alien or something? <laughs> Never ordered at a tavern before? <laughs> Jazz was sweating at this point because, yeah, she in fact never ordered something from a tavern before. One food, please. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy was really making her nervous, what with his rough and tumble attitude. Surprise me? The bartender rolled his eyes and, without breaking eye contact, filled one of the flagons with a mix of drinks. There. Now now neither one of us know what you're drinking. Want anything else, wishy-washy? Um, against her better judgment, Jazz decided to press her luck. Realizing now that she hadn't eaten anything today, and she should probably not overthrow a kingdom on an empty stomach. Uh, yeah, can I get some chicken fingers? You're braver oh, no! <laughs> you're braver Classic than me. Classic mistake! <laughs> yeah! Rookie mistake at the at the raised flagon. Yeah, don't don't get don't get the chicken fingers. They're made of actual fingers, but not actual chicken. You're braver than me, wishy washy. 
the barkeep said, clattering a plate of chicken fingers in front of her. Jesus fantasy Christ, were these even cooked? <laughs> Seriously, between the chicken fingers, the bartender's attitude, and the lackluster decor, I really don't feel bad about the review I gave this place. It's for their own good, ultimately. <laughs> Jesus fantasy Christ. Yeah. Middle name's fantasy. Of course it is. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> so... Jazz turned to the patrons at this bar, which I cannot possibly, only with the king and queen's common, describe to you how little they gave a fuck. How about those royals? Personally, I can't stand them. Who died and put them in charge, eh? The sounds of dismissive grunting filled the taverns. The vibe was in shambles. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! Pretty sure it was the royals before them the bartender said, doing the stock bartending thing of cleaning one spot on the bar. If you have time to debate politics with a teen, you have time to clean, I suppose. A classic saying. Yeah, w what about them, huh? All I'm saying is that governmental authority is arbitrary. A burly man with an eye patch raised an eyebrow. Parentheses, the non-patched one. Look here, Cloaky. He took a swig of rum and slammed the flagon down on the table. Governance is, is the thing that separates us from lowly beasts. What your suggestion is to give that up? He spat into a nearby spittoon. Listen, having a king ain't the best, but what are you gonna do? We, we could overthrow them, replace the royals, who are terrible, with a system of government that doesn't, for instance, imprison their daughters in a life they never asked for and not allowing damn near any avenue of self-expression. Or, um... Jazz pick, picked at a chicken finger. Or, um, put all their tax money directly into their pockets? Yeah, mostly that one. <laughs> um, there was some rumbling. The B.I.-patched man took another swig. B.I.-patch? Yeah, B.I.-patch. Uh, right. Spellcheck says that's not a word, but, um, I think I know more. He's the, just a man with an eye patch. So yeah. I mean, I like I understand. Yeah, I've never heard that term before. It must be you must have coined that. Yeah, you know Shakespeare. Get Webster, get Webster on the horn here. You know Shakespeare made up words all the time, but when he does them, he's a genius. I do it. And I get a little red squiggly. Yeah, right. The bi patched man took another swig. Aye, traveler. There ain't nothing worse than a misappropriation of funds. However. The state of virtue, the state, by virtue of being a state, they have the monopoly on violence. When a god beats a man for loitering, it's fine. But when we get into an old Donnybrook, suddenly it's a crime. <laughs> they also have a good number of the swords they do. What do you say about that, stranger? Suddenly, a passage from waged labor slams and jams. Colon, power forward into class consciousness bubbles to her mind. <laughs> See, the thing is, is we have a weapon stronger than a sword. When we play as a team, we can accomplish anything. We can cross up the economy into our favor and slam the might of the working class and dunk into a better tomorrow fucking, <laughs> fucking basketball <laughs> I love the fucking communism basketball analogy yeah. it's like the same thing you know it's it's, it's a team making making 
The betterment of everyone. So I came up with Carl's Marksley in the shower. Oh, right? that's, that's where the best ideas often come. <laughs> yeah, no, I came up with a couple of these things in the shower. You ever, like, wake up in the middle of the night and just, like, have an idea and just, like, write it down and go back to bed? Uh, once. I, I had that once. It was awesome. I've, like, uh, named a few, like, major characters on my show that way. Oh, nice. I just woke up in a cold sweat and just typed down Umbrella in my phone and went back to sleep. Awesome. It's the, it's the best, it's the best way. Yeah. Anyway, there's something very, uh, Oracle-esque about it. A moment of silence filled the room. It was so quiet, it would make your mama say fucking nothing at all. Cause she'd be <laughs> goddamned if she was gonna break, break that shit. It'd be like, super awkward. Awkward enough to make your mama say, God damn, if your daddy did that shit, you useless fucks wouldn't be right here now. Now go empty the dishwasher like like I asked you this morning. <laughs> I love to double up. It was so quiet, it made your mama say nothing. That would have made it so awkward, it would have made your mama... <laughs> the spit isn't over. Oh, shit. What? Another barfly said. Fuck, Jess should have known that quoting Marksley would lose them. Especially when basketball has been outlawed for the last couple of centuries. She had one last ace up her sleeve, but she was loath to use it. Jazz stood up from her stool, grabbed the flagon, and downed the whole goddamn thing. Oh, oh hell God, yeah. that was not the wisest Oh, no, me. wait, no. <laughs> the room started to sway like she was out at sea. She had a, She was a total lightweight. Unlike your mom. No, seriously, please. Get her some help. We worry about her. There's no such thing as a functioning alcoholic. Anyways, Jazz, with some effort, stood on top of the stool. She took a deep breath and began to sing. When the union's inspiration through the workers' blood shall run, though there can be no power greater anywhere beneath the sun, yet what forth on earth is weaker than the feeble strength of one, but the union makes us strong. Jazz made sure to keep her peepers peeled for any signs of animals joining in, especially birds. Musical numbers were one thing, but if animals started a congregation when you started singing, in the words of Jet Fox the Worthy, you might be a princess. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> if she was found out as a princess, it would be over. The workers' revolution would suddenly just turn into a coup by any other name. Another vapid power grab. Then her butt would be bound to that throne, and she could kiss her freedom goodbye. Solidarity forever, for the union makes us strong. Is there aught that we hold in common with the greedy parasite, who would lash us into serfdom and would crush us with his might? Is there anything left to us but to organize and fight? For the union makes us strong. The music swelled as the other patrons of the tavern got up and started singing along. No animals. Good. It is we who plowed the prairies, built the cities where they trade, dug the mines and built the workshops, endless miles of railroad laid. Now we stand outcast and starving midst wonders we have made, but the union makes us strong. The crowd took to the streets and began to march as they sang. A dog did join, but it wasn't singing. It held in its mouth... Okay, okay, that's good, that's good. <laughs> yeah. It held in its mouth the flag of their would-be new kingdom. 
It was a deep red banner with a bold black and white pickaxe crossed with the scythe. Oh, what a good boy. <laughs> Representing Gemcraft's major <laughs> trades of mining and farming. A pack of wolves mm-hmm. was also depicted on the flag, raising their heads proudly, hollowing at the symbol as a pack, together. All in all, it was a pretty good design for something that manifested itself. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, this, like someone just, like, was just fucking, like, the... the the flagsmith uh, just heard that song. It was moved so quickly. The, or the way I um, con- uh, conceptualized it was um, the song itself made the flag. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Somehow. Yeah. <laughs> like the dog just like fucking just like yeah. vomited it up and it's then a- picked it up and just started waving it with its mouth. It's uh, it's princess magic. It's mysterious. All the worlds that's owned by the idle drones is ours and ours alone. We have laid the wide foundations, built it skyward stone by stone. It is ours not to slave in, but to master and to own. Well, the union makes us strong. More of the townsfolk were joining in now. They were concophonous harmony. Every voice joined in to be a part of the collective, drowning out any dissent. They have taken untold millions that they never toyed to earn. But without our brain and muscle, not a single wheel can turn. We can break their haughty power, gain our freedom, well, when we learn that the Union makes us strong. They made their way to the castle gates. Two sentry guards took a look at the mass that had gathered before them. They turned to look at each other, gulped, and uncrossed their spears, letting them in. It would be a short walk. (laughs) <laughs> um, check, please. <laughs> uh, it would be a short walk to the throne room. In our hands is placed a power greater than their hoarded gold, greater than the might of armies multiplied a thousandfold. We can bring to birth a new world from the ashes of the old, for the union makes us strong. The mob stomped their way to the throne room and stood before the king and queen of Gemcrest. Their crescendo of their stomping was so loud, a mouse crawled out of a nearby hole. Hey! They squeaked. I'm trying to record a fucking scrycast here! It's called... <laughs> it's called Tone Death, and we make short-form fiction and review books on the off-weeks! God damn it, people! You could do this... You could have do your stupid biped revolution tomorrow when the missus and I are going antiquing? The mouse continued to squeak. One of the revolutionaries nudged their buddy on the side. Dude, check it out. That mouse is pissed. The other revolutionary (laughs) turned his attention to the mouse, who was shaking their little mouse fist and giving them the finger. Yeah, man, how can you tell? Ah, yeah, dude, my cousin's a druid, and he taught me a little bit of wild tongue, and like, yeah, he's so mad. God's damn. (laughs) So he's just, he's this mouse is just standing there, like, squeaking like a mouse would. Yeah. Squeak, 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 giving the finger and squeaking. Yeah. (laughs) It takes druid tongue to understand what he's saying. Yeah, it's, uh, it's otherwise... <laughs> Dude, that mouse is pissed. Yeah, otherwise it's like Bible Goes West rules, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, isn't wild tongue not supposed to be taught to non-druids or something? I mean, yeah, but don't be a narc. Plus, like, I think I might want to become a druid, you know? Seems nice. A lot better than the rat race I'm currently in. 
the mouse squeaked even louder and started doing the DX suck it motion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he's not like that. He wants to do some very untoward things to my mu- Suddenly, as if cutting off the bit before it stopped being funny, or perhaps a little later. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After that, Gerald jumped down and cut that motherfucker in half. Whoa! Spraying all kinds of blood and visceral all over the goddamn place. Oh my god. The man-at-arms twisted the hilt of his huge-ass greatsword and wrapped it like a bi-wheel crystal runner. Which is like a boner cycle, but it runs on crystals instead of bones. Oh, shit. You have read your Jatsa lore compendium, right, listener? Oh, of course, yeah. You, thanks for sending me that, like, 500-page PDF before we started. Yeah. I skimmed it. Yeah, look, just make sure you buy a copy from the campus store. Yeah, I wrote it. It makes me money. You know what this is. Anyways. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? Jazz and tarot banked, which is a form of punctuation and not a weird thing for a minor to do. <laughs> <laughs> Language, said Gerald, standing standing up from his squatting pose. He revved his greatsword, the wolf's bang, again, and licked some of the blood from his face. Oh god, this guy is crazy! <laughs> oh shit. He started to laugh like Iori Yagami from King of Fighters. <laughs> Uh, and you provide a demonstration? <laughs> like that. Yeah, it's, it's, uh... Okay, so he's menacing. Oh, yeah, no, this guy's fucking... He just fucking murdered a man and, like, sliced him in half, licked the blood off his sword. He's fucking ready to go. Yeah, this guy's fucking evil. Is this really all the strength your so-called worker's paradise can muster up? You're all weak, undisciplined. I'll put you down like the muling puffs you are. Jazz reached for her rapier, which really did not provide her comfort. Goddamn, dude. Where, where was this fire when I tried to fight you before? She thought to herself. Fine. Come on, then. Bring it on, fucker. Uh, the two started to charge at each other and began to leap at each other like in No More Heroes. Oh, shit. Yeah, you know when uh, Travis and uh, Henry Cooldown are about to fucking go at it? Yeah. Yeah, it's like that. Oh, fuck. Wait! shouted the queen, her her voice cutting through the tension like a hot dick through your dad. What? <laughs> How'd you know? <laughs> eh, well, I had a feeling. <laughs> Sir Geralt, get us out of here. This castle has fallen. The stink of the pores has permeated the walls, and he even stained the floors with their gross, yucky, poor blood. We shall simply buy a new kingdom with blackjack and hookers. Come, come. <laughs> she rose from her throne and started to gracefully take her leave. This is for my unnamed friend! Shouted the similarly unnamed guy from that mouse aside as he picked uh-huh. up a spear and threw it directly at Geralt's head, who did one of those cool anim- who did one of those cool anime head tilt dodges, not taking into account the queen's positioning. Uh-oh. So she was speared directly through the chest, oh. pinning her to the wall. Fuck. Fuck, what an arm. Oh, shit. That guy should play for the new orc rogues. Maybe then he'd get a name. <laughs> Maybe. I like new yeah. orc city. <laughs> His fucking jersey just says unnamed on the back, number 69. You know, I mean, it worked for Yancha. <laughs> the the, the b-ball energy would build up, and then you would get a chaos dunk, and that. Yeah, you know, a thousand step. That's why it's banned. Boom shakalaka. He's on fire. Yeah, literally. 
Yeah. Basketball isn't illegal for, like, you know, uh, as, like, a method of control. It's illegal because, you know... It's dangerous. Like Yeah, all the deaths. Like, if you get three slam dunks in a row, you literally catch on fire. It's 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 NBA jam rules. Yeah, it's dangerous for the for the players, it's dangerous for the people in the stands, it's dangerous for like the people surrounding the stadium. It's, it's yeah, it's a wooden floor too, so that'll catch instantly. Yeah, no, it's the, uh, yeah. <laughs> that bit's inspired by Charles Barkley's shut up and jam Gaiden. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> and the chaos dunk, which was like a fucking nuke going off. Oh, my God. That happens, like, too, for sure. That that definitely happens. My queen, shouted the king, who slipped on that dead guy's heart. Then he flipped a full Charlie Brown-ass flip and fell directly on his neck, killing him instantly. Oh, no. Charlie Brown ass flip. So he flipped like a full 360 degrees and then another 180 landed fucking neck first on the ground dead. Yeah. Oh my god. What a fucking way to go. Jazz was absolutely shocked at this. She was kind of expecting more of an and your dumb dog too type villain defeat. Uh, Time to play this off like literally any of this was supposed to happen like this. <laughs> Looks like that's check-in mate, Gerald. She pointed a finger at the man-at-arms, Clint Eastwood style. Just give it up already. You're free from them. Gerald started to laugh, revving his sword. This is far from over, pup. It would be a... However, it would be a waste to kill you here. Go! Go into out into the world. Have your precious adventures. Just know that your days are numbered. I will bring order to this world, and the days of your kind are so numbered. I'm gonna keep start keeping track and everything. <laughs> he took out a teleportation stone from his belt and flipped out of there. Teleportation <laughs> stone? Yeah, it didn't, it didn't seem like a smoke bomb kind of guy, you know? Yeah, of course, he's a little bougie with it. I mean, he is like a royal of some kind. Yeah. Jazz breathed a massive sigh of relief, because she was super gonna die if she went blade for blade with that crazy guy. <laughs> yeah, right? Jazz made herself scarce during the celebrations, preferring to slip out under the cover of night before the workers' mob could think of electing her, their brave, anonymous leader, to any sort of power structure. Jatsil was a big country, and Suna was a big planet. She had a lot of adventuring to do. As for the people of Gemcrest, well... The few remaining monarchists would consider the overthrow of the royal family a disaster. Ah, Yeah. Ah, uh, there it is. Yeah. They could continue to be stupid or wrong as they enjoyed higher wages, shorter hours, and generally a better life with an economy made for the people rather than the other way around. Knowing that her job was done, Jazz took a deep breath, got out, got her journeyman from her bag, and queued up boss monster of me by they are definitely giants. They are definitely giants. <laughs> and began to sing her GD heart out, Finn. Oh, what a wonderful fucking story. post credit scene. Oh, shit. Yeah, sorry about that. I'm back now. The mouse from earlier in the story walked back into their hole and sat down at the scrying crystal. Listen, let's just start from the top. The mouse took a deep breath did a three count, and started to record again. Hello, critters and bitters. Welcome to Tome Deaf, where cringe falls on deaf ears. 
Sadly, both of my co-hosts will not be joining us today because they, quote, have better shit to do on a star's day, unquote. The mouse rolled their eyes. But regardless, I have a special guest, Mice Lindell. <laughs> Thank you. No, I want to oh, talk about God. the filthy creature betrayers that are the so-called animal companions. The mouse, <laughs> the mouse sighed, recognizing that they would not be able to use any of this audio, and stealthily turned turned off the recording, allowing the next three hours of raw, uncut, and definitely racist conspiracy theories uh, be thrown directly into the void. Hopefully, he would be fired. Finn. Oh, hello, my name's Mice Lindell. <laughs> Oh my god, what a wonderful way to end. The the, the mouse comes back in. <laughs> to do their strikecast, but... Oh my god. The episode's unusable. Oh man. You've <laughs> been there. We, we've all been there. Yeah. Oh, what a, what a fantastic tale uh, of fucking basketball communism and overthrowing the ruling class. What a lovely tale. What a nice wholesome story. Yeah, thank you. This was probably my longest, like, recreational piece ever. It's fucking, it's great. Yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing more from Jazreel now that she's got her adventures. Who knows where she's adventuring to next? Don't, don't be a fucking narc. She's, her name's Jazz. What, what government is she gonna overthrow next? I don't know. I, I, personally, I think she's gonna, um, like, join a group of adventurers, right? Uh Uh-huh. Um, I actually kind of have a crew, kind of, in my brain. Mice Lindell part of the crew? No. <laughs> no, Mice Lindell has the market cane and keeps fucking getting banished from wherever he goes. Oh, that's brilliant. Too. Okay, wonderful. Okay, so my tale... <clears throat> I'm, I don't know how familiar you are with my side stories, as I would call it, but I have a running gag where all of my titles are Home Alone, and they're sequels to... <laughs> they're sequels to the whole, in the Home Alone franchise. Uh, I... Uh... And this has been an ongoing thing for years, so I got six through ten. And now today's tale is called Home Alone 11... These edibles ain't shit. And in parentheses, yes, they are. Okay, wait, do, do I need to, like, take a break and watch all of the Home Alone series now? No, no, this has nothing to do with any of those. They're all self-contained, all right. <laughs> is the thing. All right, fantastic. <laughs> okay. Our story begins in a bougie suburb of Winnica, Illinois, as the camera pans in from above and provides our listeners with a real nice establishing shot of a massive three-story brick house. And here comes our protagonist walking down the sidewalk, a middle-aged Macaulay Culkin clad in a school uniform small enough to fit an actual child. A navy blue polo shirt that left his hairy belly fully revealed, a pair of cargo shorts that were barely long enough to cover his ass cheeks, some white vans, and to top it all off, in quite a literal sense, atop his head he wore a rainbow propeller cap, its pinwheels spinning in the cool autumn breeze as the boy skipped merrily home from school. 
Again, I should reiterate that the boy in question was a 43-year-old man, and he had just spent the day at O.J. Simpson Elementary School doing long division and shit. Oh, no. (laughs) Presently, he arrived at his childhood home, the one he had defended from those dastardly wet bandits all those many years ago, only to find a sticky note stuck to the front door. And on it, it reads... Gone out for cigarettes and or milk, whichever takes longer. Don't wait up. Love, and then love is crossed out, and it says, like, dad. P.S. Make sure you take Frodo out for his walk before he shits all over the carpet again. After a long moment spent fumbling with his keys, the boy unlocked the door and stepped inside. Almost immediately, his foot stomped down right on a fat, steaming turd, one of the several dozen presently scattered across the living room carpet. Frodo's tail wagged happily from his spot on the sofa, which was thoroughly soaked in urine. (laughs) The boy's not taking good care of the dog. No. (laughs) Only one thing to do at a time like this, the boy figured. So he squinted his eyes, raised his eyebrows, and gave a big old duck lip smile to the camera. Then he rushed to his room, tiptoeing around the veritable minefield of Dookie as he did so. Oh, come on, clean those up at least, come on. (laughs) No, he's gonna leave them. And he, the boy, in a manner very unbefitting of a 43-year-old man, retrieved his secret stash of edibles from under his bed. Like, he didn't need to hide them, he was literally a grown-ass man. I mean, you know, this might just be a he-doesn't-want-to-share type thing. And I don't know about the legality of edibles in Illinois, so... (laughs) Who knows? Either way, he zoomed back to the living room, plopped down on the piss-soaked couch, and flicked on the telly as he wolfed down three whole brownies like some sort of canine creature that eats quickly. A jackal, perhaps. (laughs) (laughs) That got me. And so he's he's watching the TV, and then all of a sudden, the news flash. (laughs) Exactly. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We interrupt your regular programming to bring you an important weather update. I'm Chuck Thunderfuck, coming at you live with Channel 69 News. We have just received a tornado warning from the National Weather Service, and boy, let me tell you, it's a big one. We now go to our eyes and ears on the scene. Meteorologist Supreme Jack Link with the exclusive scoop. Oh boy, I hope this is a Twister parody. The TV now displayed a live footage from just outside the boy's house as a giant fucking tornado ravaged the town in the background. The boy shrugged and ate one of the myriad dog turds off the floor, mistaking it for another edible. And judging by the look of indifference on the boy's wrinkled middle-aged visage, you could tell he didn't even notice. Just ate a fucking piece of shit off the ground while he's just watching TV. He's watching a fucking... How do you not notice from just, like, a textural standpoint? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Who knows? Maybe the edibles in his stash were just dog shits off the floor. I mean, it does say the edibles are shit in the title. That's what's implied. I never actually say that, but yeah. That was what I was thinking when I wrote it. Parentheses. Yes, they are. Um, well, Chuck, I'm here in this bougie little Winnica suburb that is currently being ravaged by the tornado. This thing is swallowing up houses hall, throwing all sorts of detritus around, and generally causing mayhem. Whoa! 
the boy proceeded to watch a POV of the cameraman getting sucked up by the tornado and hurled into the troposphere like Team Rocket. Oh my god. Only to plummet to his demise two miles away. Though the feed conveniently cut back to Chuck Thunderfuck in the newsroom moments before impact with the ground. Oh, it's just... This truly is a natural disaster, the likes of which will leave this town in tatters. Coming up next, are your children eating psychedelic mushrooms on pizza? For more about this hot new culinary trend, right after these messages. That sounds good as hell though, actually. Tired of all the gunk and grime buildup all up inside your bongs and bong accessories? Hi, Billy Mays here to tell you all about Grunge Off Bong Cleaner. Simply pour some of this nice blue liquid into your dirty piece, shake it up a little bit, and before you can say Baba Booey, Baba Booey. it gets the grunge right off. Oh, very convenient for those of us who use exotic vases. Yeah, right, exotic vases. For our tobacco products. We put our fucking mushroom pizza in our bong. <laughs> All of a sudden, a TV signal cut out. The lights flickered off and the boy's ears rang with the sound of Frodo's incessant barking, drawing his attention to the fully loaded news van that had evidently been flung by the tornado through the wall and into the living room. The boy hadn't even noticed the initial impact, but presently he flashed his iconic duck-lip shit-smeared smirk to the camera once again, as the entire house was forcefully uprooted from its foundation. I, I know this is Home Alone, but when he did that, all I could think was... <laughs> <laughs> the fucking Ferris Bueller. Yeah, Ferris Bueller. <laughs> and next thing the boy knew, the place this young child had called home for 43 years was being flung haphazardly through the air. In a panic, he peered out the gaping news van's shaped hole in the wall, only to find a bunch of random stop signs and cows and buses and shit flying by. An old man in a wizard hat and a speedo thong could be seen riding a bicycle out there as well. Hehehehehe! <laughs> I'll be important to the plot later! I bet he will be! The man ejaculated as he rode his bicycle out of frame. The house suddenly jerked to one side and launched the boy across the room, an airborne arc which ended abruptly as he smashed headfirst into the granite countertop and crumbled to the floor like the soggy napkin of a man he was. The boy awoke several hours later in a daze. His forehead now had a considerable dent in it, but otherwise he felt okay. Frodo licked dried blood and shit off the boy's visage and peed in his mouth a little and pooped on the floor some more. I hope Frodo's okay. <laughs> like, where's it? Like, you didn't even feed him or anything. Like, where's all this shit coming from? I don't know. I imagine Frodo is like an old, like, bloodhound, you know? Like... No, I, I, I'm more imaginative as like a little, like a tiny, like a, like a Toto from, from Wizard of Oz. Okay, okay. As you'll see, as you'll see. Oh, wait a minute. This isn't a Twister parody. It's a Wizard of Oz parody. <laughs> I should have known that from the wizard. I'm important to the plot later. Yeah. Confusion rattled the boy's splintered psyche as he gazed out in awe and wonder. For the entire world had just transitioned from black and white to full technicolor before his very eyes. <laughs> the greens, blues, and browns of the forest he now found himself in, tickling his corneas with sensations the boy had never experienced in all his 43 years. Yeah, that's mushrooms for you. The boy figured he was either bugging off the edibles or he had been magically transported to another realm. Or possibly even both, because he was certainly bugging out hardcore at the very least.
His visage contorted once again to his iconic smile as the camera zoomed into his eyes, which were so red and bloodshot that they resembled two small apples in his eye sockets. Oh, man. Mom, Dad, I just, you know, I didn't sleep well last night, you know? (laughs) Yeah, right? Oh, it's the cat. I'm allergic. That was my excuse as a kid. Mm. Oh, so it's the cat. I I was hugging the cat earlier. I'm allergic. I swear. I need my eye drops. I just... My my thing is that I just I never got high when my parents would be around, right? So I would just like, um, my brother, you know, moved out of the house. So when I would come visit him, he'd be like, "Hey, just get high." There. Yeah, yeah. It was a better place to mm-hmm. be high and drunk because I like my brother. That's true. That's my secret cap. I'm always high. <laughs> Hail, young traveler! A bunch of little gnome creatures emerged from their little mushroom huts and gazed in awe and wonder at the grown-ass man in their midst. One whispered, Such a large child! Wiser beyond his years! Could he be the boy of legend? Yes! See his pinwheel hat! Just as foretold in the ancient mural! We must bring this boy before the princess at once! There's your other prompt. Oh. The the boy gazed off at nothing in particular as the gnomes promptly surrounded him. What's your name, stranger? We gnomish folk have have a quest both noble and epic for ye. The boy continued staring off into the middle distance, seemingly unaware of the gnomes' presence at all. Frodo took a moment to pee on a flower in the background during his next bit. He's resisting the call to action! Seize him, boys! (laughs) Right! And then, like, 17 gnomes all dogpiled onto the boy and pinned him to the ground. Damn. Cut to... Your Majesty, we have brought the boy. Excellent. You are dismissed. Be gone! Get the fuck out of my throne room now! Whoa! The princess grabbed the nearest chair and flung it at the guards. I must be alone with the boy! Yes, Princess Lindy, as you wish. I was gonna say, I think Jazz should teach her how to take a chill pill. Goddamn. <laughs> The throne room was promptly vacated and the doors were slammed shut behind them. Only the princess, the boy, and Frodo remained. Anyway, I am honored to be in the presence of the boy of legend himself. I am sure you have many questions about your noble and epic quest as foretold on this giant mural right behind me. Princess Lindy stepped aside to provide the boy a better view of the mural, which was rather large and contained all the general story beats of the Wizard of Oz. The yellow brick road, the boy meets a scarecrow, some sort of metal man that fucking loves oil, as well as the beast of the forest, Bongzilla. Together, they quest to meet Dr. Octavius Oz, who has the snake oil that solves all their respective problems. Okay, but when does money start playing from uh, Dark Side of the Moon? That Dark Side of the Dual Moons, yeah, that's currently playing during this bit. Awesome. (laughs) And the boy stared blankly ahead, providing no indication he understood the assignment at all. Only some of these escapades shall be covered in today's tale, said the princess. You are dismissed. Oh, good. You know, the boy. (laughs) The boy, in lieu of his iconic duck lip smile, instead performed his other iconic pose. You know the one from that scene where he puts on his dad's aftershave? He stripped completely nude and everything. Yeah. Oh, wait, what? He's like, ah! He's completely naked for the rest of this story. It's on the mural, too. Check it out. Thankfully, all unsightly body parts of note were tastefully censored from view by various objects drawn into the foreground of all the paintings, like Simpsons style. So it's like, it covers like he's like, standing there like a leaf. 
there's like a leaf with a ladybug on it that's perfectly like censoring out his cock and balls during during one bit. See and then there's another scene where it's like his asshole is there and it's just like a fucking like a scarecrow is in the way or something. Sunflower. It's got it's got to be something that like is visually similar. Yeah, exactly. Like a sunflower spread. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Then the dog Frodo climbed on top of the boy's head and began pulling on the propellers of his iconic propeller hat, just like a Ratatouille scenario, but in real life? Whoa! And lo, Frodo piloted the boy out of the gnome throne room, back outside to the yellow brick road that awaited them. The other gnomes cheered and threw rice at the boy and Frodo as they continued their gallivant out of the little mushroom village. No, that's bad for birds! and strident revelry of the boy of legend, the one destined to show up one day and leave, just as foretold in the ancient mural. <laughs> the boy who presently looked at the camera once more with that Academy Award-winning duck lip smirk. Oh my God. And then in the fucking, in the story, I took a picture. I have a picture of Macaulay Culkin smiling in the actual... In in the PDF, <laughs> I thought I didn't have to know Home Alone to understand this. I'm trying to send you the picture. This Hold on, deep. This is all deep cut Home Alone lore. <laughs> this is the eleventh installment in the yeah. series. Yeah, you missed quite a few in the script. On like page five of the script, it's <laughs> there. He is. It's just this picture. This picture's in there. <laughs> That's really funny. I can imagine just like all the all the guys in the group just reading this. Yeah. <laughs> Pictures in there. Several story beats later. <laughs> the boy, the scarecrow, the tin man, the dragon, and Frodo Whoa. stepped into Dr. Oz's lair. We're 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 skipping quite a bit here. <laughs> dragon. Cool. Yeah, there's yeah, Bongzilla the dragon of the of the woods. Don't <laughs> the vibe was for sure dark and mysterious. Deep emerald green walls and fog machines abound. The Scarecrow, as one of two members of the team able to speak coherently, spoke. Well, this must be the place. Now where's that wizard we heard so much about? Perhaps he's on lunch break, or a poopy time break, or both, Bongzilla added. What do you think, Tin Man? I fucking love oil, said Tin Man. <laughs> okay, well... Now, now I know who the two people that can speak over here and Yeah, are. Bongzilla and, t and, and Scarecrow. <laughs> Tin Man says, I love oil. And <laughs> as you notice, the boy hasn't spoken a single word this whole you know, time. Luigi He's... wins by doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> exactly. That's this whole, that's his whole fucking adventure. Is just, he's just standing there. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, what does Dorothy do? She throws a bucket of water? He is bugging off the edibles right yeah. now. And the shit, too. Like, that, like, formed a <laughs> concoction. Oh, absolutely. An explosion of smoke and light gave quite the fright to our beloved protagonists as a colossal hologram of Dr. Oz's face was projected into the smoke in the air. Oh. Well, 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 if it isn't the boy and his motley crew of friends. I've been expecting you. My name is Octavius, but you may call me Dr. Oz. How may I be of assistance to you today? Uh, hello. My name's Robert. I got turned into a fucking scarecrow about three months back. I was wondering if you could turn me back into a real boy. Very well. Zap! Boom, 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 boom. Holy fucking shit, he killed Robert! Whoa. That's right. I am not a benevolent whisker answer at all. I am an MD! 
<laughs> no, you're not. You're just the guy with the television show. MD is short for massive dickhead. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, then you are then. The boy did the scream pose at this revelation. <laughs> I fucking love oil, said Tin Man. Oh, that's Tin Man. What are you going to do to us? Bongzilla pleaded. Well, Bongzilla, since you asked, I shall expound. I plan to swap brains with the boy. That way I shall have all my decades of knowledge contained in the young, nubile body of a boy. Indeed, with my brand new brain-omatic device, I can become immortal! <laughs> Dude, he's like 43 years old, said the dog. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> no matter! I shall not be dissuaded any longer. Give me the boy and I shall grant you each one wish. I fucking love oil. Yes, Tin Man. Oil beyond your wildest dreams could be yours if you give me the boy. I mean, I do it. <laughs> I fucking love oil. Tin Man, you can't possibly be considering giving up the boy like that. He killed Robert. Bongzilla, my dear, you must be hungry after a long journey. You give me the boy, I'll serve you up the finest munchies money can buy on a silver platter. Real shit? I shit you not. I only want the boy. The rest of you are free to go. Well, what about Robert? Oh, he's dead. Yeah, sorry. Oh. I mean, like, it's cool, really. I only met the guy today. Honestly, no hard feelings. Thanks for the snacks. I fucking love oil. Oh yes, Mr. Tin Man, and do enjoy that oil! Bark, bark! Don't think I've forgotten about you, little Frodo! How would you like your testicles back? The dog nodded vigorously, as if to say, yes, please, holy fuck! The good doctor snapped his fingers like Thanos, and the dog's testicles grew back in a flash. And half the universe died. Goodbye, gents! Thanks for selling out your friend like that! Made things really easy for me! I had this whole thing with flying monkeys planned out, but I guess we're just glossing over this whole damn movie at this point. Goodbye, Dr. Oz! Dr. Oz was alone with the boy at last. He switched on his brain omatic and placed the device over the boy's skull. The device carved the boy's skull open like a pumpkin on Hallow's Eve, and Dr. Oz was aghast at what he's found. For inside the boy's skull, was a baked potato in lieu of a brain. Oh. What the fuck? How did that get in there? Finn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, I, I really thought um there was going to be more Dr. Oz jokes. Like he was going to try and hawk like fake medicine on them. <laughs> he was going to try and run for wizard president. No, this whole story was just stream of consciousness. I just got high one night, just wrote the whole thing, and then just, like, revised it the next day, and then I submitted it. And I was like, that was, like, three weeks ago. Nice. <laughs> I forgot, like, half of this shit. Yeah. I just could, can't stop giggling at all. Yeah, meanwhile, I'll have to, I, I, I'm over here being like, alright, I have, like, half an hour of productivity in me because of everything. Yeah! Right. <laughs> like, I, it, it took me the whole three weeks. That's why. I mean, your story was really good. Thank you. Like, your story was an actual story. Mine was just a fucking collection of, <laughs> of just nonsense. Like, it starts as a fucking Home Alone parody, and then all of a sudden it just switches to Wizard of Oz. Yeah. And then Dr. Oz is there. Dr. Oz. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh, no, that was really funny, though.
I'm glad you liked it. This was I just couldn't stop laughing while I was writing it too. I like how the dog said one line, even though it was yeah, established only involved. Dude, Bella. he's forty three. Yeah, and I'm just imagining like Doctor Oz just like goes through with it anyways, and it's just like I need his youth. Yeah, and then he's like, ah, oh, fuck, still bad thing, Jesus. <laughs> You're right. It's the post credit scene. Yeah, has to do it again. <laughs> it's a fucking potato in there. Yeah. Oh man, that was I'm, I I surprised myself with this one because I did not remember like half of it. Mm. Well, I mean, I, I I kept my end of the bargain and didn't read it when you submitted it. I, yeah, I I knew this was the this was the right play not reading each other's before we oh, did this because <laughs> like the jokes are ruined at that point. Like you know yeah, what's going on. Like exactly. <laughs> half a page dedicated to this Macaulay Culkin JPEG. <laughs> Um, yeah, man, I can't wait for more stories from the mystical land of Watauki, Idaho, wherever the fuck this is. Illinois. Yeah, Illinois. Do you say, I, I, I call it Illinois. I've been told that's wrong, but there's a fucking S in there. Listen, man, how do you pronounce Massachusetts? You know, Massachusetts. Yeah, whatever. That's a fucking nonsense word. Yeah. Hey, you pronounce Connecticut. It's Connecticut. There's a T in there for why some is reason. It's not Arkansas. I am confusion. Arkansas. I had that same talk with somebody like yesterday. Yeah. It's literally spelled Kansas, but with R in front of yeah, it. Yeah, it, sh- it should be Arkansas. It just, should be pirate I mean, Kansas if I... because it goes R. <laughs> pirate or like East Kansas or something. West um, Kansas. It's... You know, if I became Emperor of America, I would um, make the, like, direction states merge together. Fuck this. Yeah, right, North and South Dakota, just fucking one, one Dakota, one Dakota. Right? I don't need, we don't need two Carolinas. How different are they, really? It's the same fucking schlop of land, anyway. Yeah. The Virginias, just merge those. And then, you know what? We do that, we have room to to add more states to make it 50. Yeah. So, like, we start splitting some other states apart. Yeah. But, yeah, hey. we just, like, split California in half, like, glizzy style, the long way. Hey, you know who wants to be a state but isn't? Like, Puerto Rico and shit? Puerto Rico, yeah. Make them a state. Give them actual rights. You're right. We get some fucking, we just annex some land in Canada, call it North Montana. Uh. <laughs> Oh well, that was a real nice, real nice discussion we had here today. That was that was yeah. a really good stories we had. The princesses and the disasters were quite wonderful. Yeah, we had very different princesses, but I think they're similar <laughs> in a lot of ways too. She just fucking immediately snaps. Oh, I love it. <laughs> you know, Jazz had to build up to it. And I no, do she's think- just there. <laughs> Zero or a hundred, because after the guards leave, she's perfectly fine. Yeah. I- <laughs> I must be alone with the boy! Yeah, I, I, I do think that Jazz can get throw a chair mad, right? But <laughs> I think it takes a bit. Uh-huh. <laughs> Alright, so I think we have we can have a few minutes here for closing remarks. Sure. Um Yeah, um do you have any ideas for the next story potentially? Um, I feel like next month. I might just, like, for our prompts, I might try to incorporate those into my, like, next episode of Wizard Scroll. 
Oh, okay. So I don't know if I'm going to actually write a new story, but I definitely want to do it again in the future. Okay, okay. Definitely. Like, what do you got ideas for? Are you trying to, like, follow up with this princess character, or are you just going to do something completely different? Um, I, well, I think all my stories are going to take place in Jatzel, right? It, it's, yeah. Uh, it's very Derinosian in that way. Very large know? place with a lot of different things going on. You just want to, yeah. you just want to spread it out, spread the love out. Yeah, I, I'm thinking, um, I'm thinking either next story I want to do like a like a um something in like an Amazon type society mm. or a wizard school whichever one uh the prompts kind of yeah wherever uh, the prompts take us yeah yeah what wh- whatever I can think of in terms of that um but yeah I just I don't know I love Jatsul it's been in my brain for fucking ten years at this point you know, it's maybe finally out in the in in, in an RSS feed near you. Yeah, no, and, you know, I am now immortal. These you words, are immortalized in sound. Yeah, I've become a zero-dimensional thought being, which is what Wonderful. characters are. Because they only exist in the brain bits. That's true. Jatsil shall exist in all of our hearts and souls. Yeah. As will Winnica, the, the mystical land of Winnica, Illinois. Oh, Illinois. Yeah. Illinois. It's pronounced with an S, ladies and folks, so if you if you don't agree... Cancel me on fucking Twitter. I don't care. I don't even use uh, Twitter. I already got the. I already got the. Call you got the pitchforks first. ready. Wonderful. I'll be waiting yeah. for you. Please <laughs> do not transmute a squirrel. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. In the year 1889, there was nowhere in the world more exciting than London, England. Three cheers for Inspector Lestrade and the bad boys of Baker Street themselves, Sherlock Holmes and Dr. John Watson! Solved by Sherlock Bloody Holmes of 221B Baker Street. Well, with any luck, we'll get a new brutal murder any day now. God, I wish. It's truly shocking you haven't solved anything in five years. The boys are both out of town for some case about a dog in Dartmoor this weekend. Sincerely, Martha Hudson. London's number two detective team just became number one. Fox and Stallion. Find us on Twitter, Instagram and Tumblr at 224BBaker or on our website, 224BBaker.com. It's like they say, big breaks are 90% luck. What's the other 10%? Luck.